Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Um, let me tell you what we have coming up here. Coming up, we have stories about an entitled stepmom wanting a baby, kicking a child out for bullying, a bridezilla, a cheating brother with both sides of the story, which is a new one, dad checking out, girlfriend leaving the house every month, the wife meeting the girlfriend. We have more drama than the first day of school coming right up. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. This one is not an AITA. This one is an Entitled People story. And it is titled, Evil Stepmother Wants My Baby. Or, if we read it in the Moira voice, Evil Stepmother Wants My Baby. Okay, so for some background, I'm female 29, English, and I live in Italy with my fiancé, male 37, Marco, Italian, and our daughter, five months old, Willow. I moved to Italy after graduating medical school, where I met Marco, and now I'm a resident in one of the hospitals. My father is a crap dad. Left my mom and me as he's been very inconsistent. He married Tammy when I was young, and she has never liked me, and she was also never able to have kids. So when I gave birth, my mom's side of the family came over to visit and meet Willow and look after both of us. Nothing from my dad or Tammy. So two weeks ago, they turn up unannounced, claiming to be in the area on holiday and wanted to meet Willow. She was getting a bit fussy and her combination fed. But as I was home, I grabbed a cover and let her latch on to me. Tammy says the breastfeeding will have to stop soon. I'm confused and asked her why. And she said it couldn't be kept up when Willow is with them. Now I'm even more confused and I ask what she's on about. She shows me photos of a baby room and says that we should split custody of Willow and not to worry, she has everything set up already. If someone came into my home and said those words, it'd be a GTFO immediately. Gone. Get out. Get out. You don't get to say more words. You don't get to explain. You don't cross the line. You are gone. There is no coming back from this. I just stare at her, but she carries on, claiming that the age gap between myself and Marco is unhealthy for a child to grow up with, saying it was obvious I needed help and she was happy to, and mostly that I was obviously more bothered about working than staying home with my baby, so I should just let her have Willow. But obviously she wasn't able to breastfeed, so we should stop that now. I tell her she can't be serious and think I'm giving her my baby, and she tells me to calm down. She's not asking for full custody, but she could provide a much calmer and stabler home and that I could always visit. She said it's what she deserves. Marco pushed everyone out and made sure Willow and I were all right. Since then, I've been really weirded out and have been getting texts from my father saying I need to let Tammy prove herself as a good caregiver, and Tammy has been sending loads of photos of the nursery she has made. Just to add so people don't get confused, I'm in Italy, but Tammy isn't. They had flown over here. Edit to answer some common questions. My dad isn't actually on my birth certificate, so I think that limits his grandparents' rights claim. My mom is our nominated guardian for Willow. If anything happens to us, it's written in a will, and Willow goes to the daycare in a hospital that we both work at. Okay, holy shit. Hold on. These are just running rampant 
all over this story. We have heard stories before where people just show up and they're like, uh, we think you need to give this baby to our other daughter who can't have children or uh, yeah, people requesting it. This gal went so far as to go ahead and make the nursery. And here's the shit part. Here's the shit part about all of this. OP's dad is such a piece of shit that he isn't thinking about his child at all. He is thinking about his wife, Tammy, Tammy, Tammy. That's all he's thinking about. He's only thinking about making her happy. He let her make a nursery. He let her continue this thought that she was going to somehow be able to get partial custody of this child that isn't hers. It's his grandchild. And and he planted this seed about grandparents' rights. This is restraining order, protection order worthy immediately. This is someone making a threat to take your child. Do not take that shit lightly. And Marco, bro, thank goodness you pushed them all out. You got to go further, man. You got to go further than this. This isn't just you aren't allowed in my home. This is a you aren't allowed to show up in our lives. Not even a freaking whisper of these people showing up in your lives ever again or else. They threatened to take your child. They have a room ready. You don't think they'll try? This was just step one. These people are unbelievably ask on one she's delusional she's got to have some issues here my bigger issue is dad letting this happen having no remorse whatsoever about his own freaking daughter and his own granddaughter he is only concerned about making tammy happy this is bonkers not okay what in the world are these people thinking and what kind of fantasy land does Tammy live in where she's like, you know what? I think I'm just going to get that kid. I, You know, I'm going to put that energy out there into the universe. And if it's if I put it out there, the universe will answer me. You attract what you put out there. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to put baby vibes out there. I'm going to make a nursery. And then I'm not even going to like tiptoe into the subject at all. I'm just going to go over there and say, you're going to have to stop breastfeeding for when the baby's with us. We're going to have split custody. <laughs> Marco, hold the baby. There's going to be some hands. Man, OP, I feel for you. I think uh, these people aren't allowed in your lives ever again. And and when you said your father was a crap dad, like you freaking meant it. This guy, no contact immediately, ever again. The fact that he allowed this to ferment and come to fruition, where she, it's a finished baby room. He allowed that to happen. He allowed someone to think that they were going to be able to take your baby. Officially, not your father anymore. Officially, a stranger that never gets to talk to you anymore. Next thing you know, she's going to be framing OP for doing something that involves endangering a child just so she can climb up the ladder. And then somehow everyone else in line to care for this child is going to get framed for some terrible shit too. And what do you know? Tammy saves the day. It's, it's insane. Not okay. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for threatening to kick my stepdaughter out unless she apologizes to my daughter? I, 40 male, have a daughter, Nina, 12 female. I also have a stepdaughter, Kelly, 16 female, and me and my wife, Anna, have a child, 6 female together. This is about Nina and Kelly. 
So the 12-year-old and the 16-year-old. I met my wife when Kelly was five, and within a year, she and Kelly moved in with me. The house we live in has been in my family for generations and passed on to me when I was really young. I have also made some renovations there. It is a four-bedroom house with four bathrooms. One is downstairs and is a guest one. With three upstairs, one is shared between two rooms. So each girl has her own room and in-suite, which is especially helpful with Kelly due to how long she now takes with her makeup. This started about a month ago when Nina would come home crying due to bullying at school. Me and Anna ages... Me and Anna spend ages trying to get the school to do something and find out where the bullying comes from. It all came to a conclusion a week ago when we found out that it was Kelly who was spreading rumors about Nina. I was furious and confronted her about it as some rumors were based on Nina not having a mom. She died during childbirth. We have read a similar story to this. It is not the same story, but it is a similar situation. Kelly didn't take the confrontation well. She accused me of favoring Nina. Nina has a slightly bigger bedroom, but a smaller bathroom, and Kelly wanted more space. I said I am not going to move Nina out of her room after all these years, and Kelly has already declined to swap with us as she doesn't want to share her bathroom with anyone, including our six-year-old. I've told Kelly that she must apologize to Nina as some of the things she said were vile and not deserved and told her she will be grounded as she still behaved like Nina's friend while spreading those rumors behind her back. Kelly threw a fit and claimed Nina is a threat to her and her reputation, but I stayed firm as I don't see how a 12-year-old can be a threat to a high schooler. As Kelly started saying more vile things about Nina and our 6-year-old, I told her that she has 48 hours to pick up her belongings. I will be dropping her off at her dad's. She visits him every other week where she will have to share a room and the bathroom with her other half-siblings. Kelly and Anna are both annoyed at me over this and have called me an asshole. Anna said I have no right to parent Kelly, but she is in my home and her behavior towards my daughters is not acceptable. Edit, I might have worded it wrong, but dropping her off, I don't mean Kelly will be living at her dad's permanently. This is until she apologizes to Nina for the things she said about her and to me and Anna over what was said about our six-year-old, since some of it was unnecessary, cruel, and untrue. Okay. We have an update, but let's chat about this for a second. Blended families are hella hard, right? Obviously, what Kelly did is not okay. Obviously, there's an issue with this. Obviously, this issue needs to be addressed. However, the most important thing with blended families when it comes to laying down the law like this, or if you're Candy Thunder, (laughs) yes, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. You could say something like, uh, we're going to have to lay down the hammer. Which she means lay down the law and drop the hammer, kind of both, but just blends those two sayings together and says lay lay down the hammer. When it's time to lay down the law and, and address a big issue like this, it cannot be one parent addressing the issue. This is a unified front. We have to be on the same page. We have to approach this as a team. This affects the entire family kind of situation. And OP here saying she's staying in my house. I get to parent her however the hell I want, basically is not okay either. Yes, Anna should do something. Anna should be parenting her child. Anna should be preventing Kelly from doing this. Anna should be addressing this. However, OP also shouldn't be just going rogue and jumping in and laying down his own law because this is a blended family. It doesn't work like that. And even in a non-blended family, parents have to be on the same page about things. There has to be a teamwork approach. It cannot be just one person jumping in and saying, this is how it's going to be because that creates division. Like we see happening here where Anna's like, you're the asshole. And now, now what he's done is damaged his own authority because he's done something that Anna openly opposes to Kelly. So now Kelly's like, oh, I see my mom is opposed. 
I see that my mom is on my side here. They are not a team. There is a fracture here. There is something that I can exploit here. They are not a unified front. This leads to more problems. It is not, this is, this is not sustainable at all the way that it is. While standing up and doing something about it is the right thing, I do not think that going rogue and doing something solo is the right thing. I think this is a conversation, the first part of this, his approach here should have been, I talked to Anna, we decided to do this, this is what happened. If there is a disagreement about how to approach that, that needs to be a disagreement that's handled behind closed doors and that unified front needs to be presented to the family. That's my opinion on it. So far, it's an everyone sucks here. And what she did is obviously wrong and it had to be addressed. But doing it in a way that created a chasm, created a fracture that is going to be exploited by children is a problem. This is why the unified front is a blended family is an important thing. Okay, let's read the update and see where this goes. Update, I have spoken to Anna about what Kelly said about Nina and our six-year-old and have also showed this post. Anna has apologized for brushing it off. She said Kelly didn't tell her most of the story and blamed others on the rumors and she hasn't realized the extent of it. She will be having a conversation with Kelly and Kelly's dad tomorrow as this behavior is not acceptable or appropriate. To put it lightly, she is horrified of the comments made by her about both girls and finds it vile. She is also shocked that Kelly made them in the first place. Now to address some of the comments. Having Kelly to go and live with her father is a temporary solution and never intended to be permanent, especially if she changes her ways. It was more to separate her from Nina and the six-year-old to make sure no more damage is done while we are not watching. If roles were reversed and it was Nina who was at fault, I would have sent her to her grandparents to sort out the next move. I have seen a lot of suggestions about therapy. Anna said she will book it as soon as she has a chat with Kelly and she wants to know what caused a sudden change. I'm not cutting Kelly from my will unless she carries on displaying such anger towards her sisters. I'm not selling Taylor Swift tickets either since it is something Kelly wanted to attend for years. Oh, bro. Those have got to be gone. However, if there's no progress, it will be my wife and her friend going to see Taylor Swift. Nina is having a few days off from school, and I will be taking her out to the zoo and spending some father-daughter time together. I will also ask if she feels she wants therapy to talk things through. Me and Anna will also be taking our six-year-old to see some cartoons this weekend and to her favorite cafe. Nina can come too, but she is usually busy at the writing school on the weekends. Okay, so, ah, uh, so there was... There was this come together after all the madness where they discussed things and then got on the same page. Had that happened first, and this is my point, had that happened first, that unified front that they presented to them together could have gotten them a lot further in the conversation and prevented a lot of drama that happened. Again, what Kelly did was not right. Again, Anna, yes, absolutely needs to be taking it seriously and, and can't be brushing it off. I think what you see happening here is she knew she knew that it was wrong. She 100% knew that it was wrong. But like he had this first defense of I need to protect my child and in a blended family, like even though like even though your bonus kids are your bonus kids, you're always going to have this innate like a protect my own first kind of thing. We see it here. It it divided immediately where he was protecting his and she was protecting hers. And I think you see that in situations like this. It's where sides are taken on here. Sides get taken when lines get drawn like that. And that's when not having a unified front is catastrophic. And this is part of the problem here is that is that you're going to have that kind of division if you approach these things independently instead of a team. They eventually came together. I'm not saying he did the wrong thing. He stood firm and he did what he needed to do. He was protecting his child. He was protecting their child. 
he was doing the right thing, I think in the wrong order. I think the right thing would have been to make sure that you have your partner on the same page here and then carry this out. And the way that it did it, it still worked out, but it could, it could have gone a lot messier route though. It could have gone a lot messier route where Anna got really defensive about Kelly. And then it caused this chasm that, that could destroy the relationship. We've seen stories where that's happened before, where it's the, the parenting division and not coming across in a unified front. And in blended families, when you have kids on both sides, lines get drawn and then that ends up tearing everything apart. It sucks. I I am still, I'm still here. I'm at everyone sucks here because everyone should have approached this situation a little bit differently at minimum. Obviously, Kelly's the major asshole of the story, but there's, there's underlying issues going on there that, that OP and Kelly's mom have to dive into. They have to for everyone's sake. They have to dive into it. But I do think that him taking drastic action and not consulting her, not consulting Anna first was a misstep, a misstep that if done in pattern several times will cause a chasm in their relationship and will ultimately cause it to fail. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. This one is, am I the ass cannot for dropping out as a bridesmaid after the bride made me feel humiliated? I, 24 female, have been friends with April, 27 female, for close to 15 years now. We met at gymnastics as kids and formed a close bond. It seemed natural for us that I would be a bridesmaid just as we had always planned. The wedding was delayed a lot due to COVID and then I received the big news. When I was diagnosed with cancer, I was lucky that we caught it early so I had surgery followed by chemotherapy therapy. April was supportive throughout all of this. She made appointments for dress shopping to fit around my schedule. When we picked the bridesmaids' dresses, April said she would be paying for them and alterations. She said it was her way of thanking us for being there for her. We chose to buy mine a size up from what I wore because chemo could cause weight gain. Unfortunately, I've had to go through more rounds than first predicted. Three weeks ago, we went to a fitting and my dress wouldn't close. I was embarrassed. I didn't want to leave the changing room, but April talked me into coming out as the other girls hadn't seen me try it on and they were excited. I came out and explained the problem to April, apologized and offered to pay her back for the dress and to pay for the alterations to make it fit. All that needed done was for it to be let out. It had been taken in at my previous fitting before I had chemo. The seamstress said that it was easy to do and that it wouldn't damage the dress as we had bought a size bigger in the first place. I thought everything was fine until we went out for dinner with a few of our friends to celebrate it getting closer to the wedding. When I ordered a pasta, April gave me a strange look, then made a comment about how it was no wonder I didn't fit into the dress and how I couldn't just say the weight gain was from chemo. Oh, girl. I was in shock about it and didn't know what to do. Then when someone told her it was a horrible thing to say, she started saying that I would ruin her wedding pictures and it was already bad enough that she had to buy a size 10 dress just so I could fit into it. And now her pictures would be ruined by a whale who can't stop stuffing her face. Okay. It is wild how weddings can bring out the absolute worst in people. I don't think that it was fair as I've been on a diet ever since my diagnosis to combat any weight gain from my treatment and I lost it. 
I did raise my voice, and I told her that I can't believe anyone could be as cold and heartless as to say that. And considering how she's been there throughout this whole thing, the only conclusion I could make was that she's a narcissist who should be given an Oscar for her acting talents. I said not to worry about the pictures because I wouldn't be there at all. And I'm glad that she can't get a refund on the dress, then told her fiancé she should contact a divorce lawyer now to save time because it would be sad to be stuck with her. And then I left. I've been told I was harsher than needed and shouldn't drop out this close to the wedding, but I don't see why I should have to be there after I was humiliated. Am I the asshole? Who, I want to know who was like, uh, that was a little harsher than you needed. Bish called me a whale. What do you want me to do? That's okay. I'll be nicer next time. Hell no. This is the weird part, though, and I'm glad Opie addressed this. The only thing she could think of because her friend had been there and been supportive throughout all of this. Now her true colors are showing. She deserves an Oscar for the acting. The acting is not being done right now. This is true her. All the acting was done before when she was pretending to give a shit, pretending to be supportive, pretending to be a good friend. Now is the time where those true colors fly. And it's unfortunate. I don't know what it is about weddings that turns people into absolute shite monster human beings, but it does. I think OP did 100% the right thing here. The question was, am I the astronaut for dropping out as a bridesmaid after the bride made me feel humiliated? Hell no. 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 I mean, of course, there's more than just dropping out. That's not that's not all that happened. She dropped out, then told her she was glad that she couldn't get a refund, then told her fiance to go ahead and contact a divorce lawyer now to save time. Here's the deal. Based on everything that she said to her. Did we get a name? April. Based on everything that April said, this was a return of fire. This was mirroring, right? She didn't need to say the last thing, but she was mirroring. So she was saying, okay, I'm going to communicate with you in a way that you understand because it's the way that you communicated with me. You want to trade blows? That's fine. I'll trade one on my way out the door because we're not friends anymore. I'm not in your wedding anymore. You don't have to worry about the whale in your photos anymore. You don't have to worry about the size 10 dress anymore. You don't have to worry about our friendship anymore. Also, just found out that you are an absolute narcissist who is just pretending to care the whole time that I was going through chemo. So yes, fiance, watch out. Because I've known her for a long time. How long was it? How long have they been friends? 15 years. I think it's warranted to say, hey, fiance, I was fooled for 15 years and just now saw the true her. So watch out. I think it's 100% warranted. Uh, She didn't need to say it at the end. It doesn't mean it wasn't warranted. And you're, yes, you're looking at tit for tat, sort of. You're looking at the mirroring. You're looking, it's not an escalation, I don't think, because she was trading a blow. And it wasn't, it wasn't even as harsh as what April delivered in the first place. A whale who can't stop stuffing, stuffing her face. Jesus. Ah, what does she gain from that statement at all? And in this moment, you could tell, you could see, you could see who this person truly was. And the only thing on her mind was how that picture was going to look framed on a wall. How everyone looked, not who they were, not how much they meant to her, how they looked in that picture. That sucks. Sucks bad. Get April. It's the whale talk. It's Dory. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. This is a special treat. Title of this one is Am I Wrong for Accidentally Getting My Parents Uninvited from My Brother's Wedding? Here's the deal, though. You know how we always hear, well, this is just one side of the story. We never get to hear the other side. We need more information. We have both sides of the story for you. Heck yes. Thank you, Candy Thunder. She has delivered. Here is Turk's side of the story. Back when my 25 male ex Maria, 24 female, and I were dating, we set my brother Arthur, 24 male, up with his ex Jen, 24 female, who was Maria's, I guess now ex, best friend. That was a confusing line. Let's try to keep up. Maria and I dated for about a year, and Arthur and Jen dated for about nine months. We'd constantly do things together since Maria and Jen were best friends. Out of our little group, my personality matched Jen's the most, which led to us getting close. I felt so comfortable around Jen, and we both had a moment of weakness. Okay, time out. So, OP, who is Turk, was with Maria, and OP's brother, Arthur, was with Jen. And now, Turk and Jen were comfortable and had a moment of weakness. We were at a party, and we did the deed. We snuck around for about a week before Arthur and Maria found out. Jen and I decided we'd be better together, so we broke off our relationship and started dating each other. Arthur's your brother. Okay. Wow, that's complicated. All right. Yeah, I can see this getting messy. Jen and I dated for about six months. And it was amazing until I found out she was cheating on me and she left me for the other guy. I was heartbroken. I thought I found my match. I kept thinking about how good Maria was to me. In hindsight, she treated me way better than Jen ever did. I went to message her to beg her to take me back, but decided to look at her Instagram pictures first. And that's when I found out that her and Arthur had started dating in the six months Jen and I were together. They've been together for four years and I found out from my parents that they're getting married in September. It hurts so much finding that out. What hurt even more was the fact that I didn't receive an invite. I mean, I know things have happened between us, but Arthur and I are brothers. We're family. When I told my parents I hadn't received an invite, they phoned Arthur and tried to get him to invite me, but all that ended up doing is getting them uninvited. I tried calling Arthur to get them re-invited and to get myself invited, but he didn't answer any of my calls. My parents haven't said anything, but I feel like they're mad at me for getting them uninvited from Arthur's wedding. Am I wrong for accidentally getting my parents uninvited from my brother's wedding uh okay so before we dive into the other side of the story here wow who who could have seen it coming that the person i cheated with cheated on me right yes yes uh, it's shocking this is a, a shocking revelation how you find them is how you lose them megan yes we see we see we see a lot of this as well uh the funny part is that like he didn't just he didn't just cheat on her he cheated on her and took his brother's girl and then she cheated on him. So he was like, man, I had it so good with the girl I was with. And then started sniffing around and discovered that 
his brother is now with her, which he can't say shit about. And now they're getting married. Why would he want to be at this? What like he hasn't talked to his brother in a long ass time, apparently, because he had no idea that they were together. They've been together for four years now. They've been get, they've been together for four years, and he had no effing clue. Why does he want to go to this wedding? Just so he can be like, hey, I uh, see see the bride up there. I had her first. Is that it? Is that all? Is that all he's wanting to to achieve here? Yes. We can absolutely go ahead and call this right now. What are you thinking here, OP? And hopefully, whenever you called your parents and you were like, hey, Arthur's not inviting me to his wedding, like, you think you guys can call? Hopefully, you told them the whole story before they went to bat for you and got themselves uninvited. If not, if they didn't have the whole story, you're 100% the asshole here. 100% the asshole, if that's the case. Here it is. I'm Am I wrong for accidentally getting my parents uninvited for my brother's wedding? I'm going to go ahead and take a leap here and say that he didn't tell his parents the whole story. They didn't know what they were walking into. And because they went to bat for him, Arthur's like, fine, you guys can stay home too. For a myriad of things, we're going to go ahead and put you right up here, bro. He gets the Brozo Ascon 1 treatment. That's a special title. He should really feel distinguished about this. He doesn't even need to go to that wedding. He's got this title. So now we have the other side of the story and the other side of the story is titled my brother slept with and ran off with my ex and now wants an invite to my wedding, getting my parents uninvited in the process. This is Arthur's side of the story. He used the same names to keep everything straight here. So this is fantastic. I-24 male wasn't even going to make a post about this, but my brother, who I'll call Turk25 male, made four posts about it. So I thought I should share my side of the story. I'll use the same names he did for the sake of simplicity. My fiance is Maria, 24 female, and my ex is Jin, 24 female. A little over five years ago, my brother started dating Maria, my now fiance. Three months after they started dating, they set me up with her now ex-best friend, Jin. The four of us did a lot together since the girls were best friends. Turk and Maria dated for a year, and Jen and I dated for nine months. At the end of our relationship, I came home early and found Turk and Jen having sex in my bed. After I processed the situation, I called Maria because I'd want to know if I was in her place. She came over, and we confronted Turk and Jen. They dumped us, and I found out two days later they started dating each other. It broke me. I came home to find my brother effing my girlfriend only to run off with her. I had to move back in with my parents. It was infuriating because they kept talking about how happy Turk and Jen were. Throughout the next couple of months, Maria and I started talking. We were two people in a similar shitty situation and we found some comfort in each other. Four months after we got dumped, Maria and I officially started dating. Six months after we got dumped, Turk found out that Jen was cheating on him and she left him for the other guy. I actually only found this out today from reading Turk's post. Maria would get the occasional message from Turk trying to reconnect, but she ignored him. Anyway, moving on to now. Maria and I are engaged and getting married in September. My parents were invited until my mom called me and threatened to not come if I didn't invite Turk. I told her not to bother coming regardless. In my mother's eyes, Turk can do no wrong. When he effed and started dating my ex, I told my parents everything he did and my mom tried defending him. Our relationship isn't the greatest, but it was somewhat decent. 
After I uninvited my parents, I only uninvited my mom, but my dad texted me and said he's not coming if my mom isn't. Turk blew up my phone trying to get a hold of me. This is the first time he's even tried reaching out to me in four years. Like I said before, Turk posted about the situation here on Reddit as well, and apparently my parents told him that Maria and I were getting married, and that started this whole thing of them getting uninvited. He stopped calling me, but he's blowing up my phone with text begging me to re-invite my parents and possibly give him an invite. So yeah, I just wanted to get my side out there. Okay. Yeah, who needs parents anyway? Who needs parents anyway? Yeah, you know, I, you know. So it's worse than I thought. I thought that Turk hadn't, you know, I thought the parents were clueless in this situation and that they went to bat for Turk, not knowing what they were walking into. It's much worse than that. They knew. Mom knew. At least. I mean, I'm guessing dad knew here too. But mom. Ma. Oh, what are you doing? Mom went to bat for Turk knowing what he had done. And when he did what he had done, she went to bat for him there too. Because he's the golden boy, apparently. Here's the messed up thing, Mom. If it comes down to, you got two boys. One of those boys Fs the other boy's girlfriend and then literally steals her away. You, you're not supposed to defend him for doing that. It's, it's, not, it's not the done thing, mate. It's, it's not. That's not the right thing. That is not, I love all my children equally. That is, oh, I'm sorry. You just have to take whatever leftovers Turk gives you. That's what that is. What the hell are you doing? You, mom, just severed. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Arthur has any kind of relationship with his mother after her standing up for him for Turk whenever he did this in the first place. I'm so super surprised. But now it's like it all came back around and she was like, you know what? It's been four years. Yeah, I still think I still think he was in the right. I still think he deserves to be there. Why does he want to be there anyway? Arthur confirmed here. It's like, yeah, I haven't heard from him in four years. Why the F would he want to be at this freaking wedding? It, the only thing that I can think of is so that he could piss on it. So that he can pee on this territory and say, I was there first. There's no reason in hell this guy should be at this wedding. None. Arthur's question here is, what's an entitled people question? It's my brother slept with and ran off with my ex and now wants an invite to my wedding, getting my parents uninvited in the process. You didn't ask if you're the asshole, but I'm going to address it anyway. NTA here, Arthur. Cut those people from your freaking life. Get rid of them. Your brother is a brozo and a straight up narcissist asshole. So yeah, it's been four years and that was a pretty good four years without him in your life, wasn't it? Just go ahead and make it official. Put it in writing. A hundred more years without your brother. No more Turk. And mom. Oh, what were you doing here, ma? I, I got to put her here. I have to put her to ask on one too, because this is just a super screwed up thing to do. How? Can you advocate for a child doing this to another, not, how can you advocate for your child doing this to another one of your children? It doesn't make sense. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for checking out of parental duties after my wife said I'm not the father? Oh, man. Nothing about this story seems fun. My wife and I have been married for about four years. She brought three kids from a previous relationship into the marriage while I have none. They moved into my house after the marriage because I live in a better school district. Obviously, we've had our ups and downs, but overall, it's been good until a couple of weeks ago when I woke up and found a large dent running down the entire passenger side of my car. Oh, no. 
The dent is about a hand wide, starts at the front fender, and runs all the way down to the rear tire. I, if it's a dent, man, like they ran it into a pole or something and just kept going. Ooh. I was furious and I thought someone had swiped my car as it was parked on the street. I checked our doorbell camera to see if it recorded anything and was surprised to see our 16-year-old daughter sneaking out of the house in the middle of the night and driving off in my car. She later returned hours later stumbling into the house. Ah, shit. Not liking where this one is going. Outside of those two events, the doorbell camera didn't record anything else but a couple of passing cars that didn't come close to mine. I angrily showed my wife the recording and told her our daughter needs to be punished, but she said that she'll talk to her. I argued that talk isn't enough, which led us into an argument. My wife argued that the new family dynamic has been hard on the kids, while I argued that it doesn't excuse the damage done to my car. I wanted her to agree to ground our daughter from social media and make her get a job to pay for the damage. We argued for hours until she said, I don't get a say in any punishment because I'm not her father. That ended the argument and I walked off. Since then, I've checked out of any parental duties. I've been an adult and still make sure the kids are safe and fed, but I haven't done anything a father would do. They had doctor's appointments last week for their checkups because they play sports in school and I refuse to drive them, causing my wife to have to take off work. They start school next week and I've dropped them off ever since they moved in, but I told my wife she'll have to do it this year. She argued she can't because of her work schedule and I answered that a mother would figure it out. She called me a child and to grow up. I think since I'm not the father, I don't have to take on the responsibilities of one, but obviously she disagrees. Am I the astronaut? Update. I was angry when I wrote it, so I left out some info. My wife wants me to report it to my insurance as a hit and run. She said that no one has to pay for it. I argue that I'll have to pay for it in the long run because they'll jack up my rates. I'm not ignoring the kids and I still talk to them daily. I just don't do or make any parental decisions like I stated above. Also, the other day, our son asked me if he should play basketball or football and I told him to go ask his mother. Ah, shite. Ah, yeah. This this isn't good. None of this is good. Okay, Candy Thunder has included some comments here. Top comment. Insurance fraud is a crime. Don't do it. Also, you'd better report the theft of your car and the accident to the police. She obviously hit something with it and there's a good chance a camera somewhere recorded your car and it can be traced back to you. Truth. Hadn't thought about the whole reporting the theft of the car because she obviously did hit something. I was like, it's a pole, right? But no, what if it wasn't? She hit somebody else's car or worse, then I think you should separate. Her daughter committed at least three serious crimes, auto theft, drunk driving, and a hit and run. She has put you at risk of being sued and possibly arrested. You can't live in a home where that behavior isn't dealt with. Edited to add judgment. Everyone sucks here. Wife and daughter are assholes for obvious reason. You're an asshole for not taking this seriously enough. You're playing petty games about basketball and rides to school when there's a criminal in the house and her mother is enabling her. What else is she up to that you don't know about? Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, until that comment, I didn't see the severity of what potentially happened there. And they're right. This is a serious crime that is going to be traced back to him and he's going to end up in hot water over here. That aside, he's got a separate issue. And the separate issue is the whole blended family conversation that we had earlier and that we have often about parents being on the same page op approached right here remember when those situations arise the first step is is to have that conversation with the spouse not the kids right the spouse and say here's what happened here's what i'm feeling here's what i think needs to be done what about you what do you think and she completely minimized it completely minimized it and then went so far as to say that he doesn't get a say because he's not their father well it's a package freaking deal if he doesn't get a say in how these kids are raised at all 
you just want him to be the chauffeur. You just want him to be the provider. You want him to, to let everyone live in the house and have him provide things for them and, and drive them around and do all of the other parental duty things just without a say. So he's like a nanny and a chauffeur. That's a shitty way to treat someone in the blended family. That is not okay. Now, I, I greatly respect how OP approached the the initial conversation here, but this top commenter is right. The action that came out of it was petty. It was, we have this right. Yes, we do. It was petty confetti. It was, it was pure petty action instead of doing something serious. And, and I... I think i know where he's trying to go here he's trying to cause enough pain to create some change and illustrate to her that yeah it's a package deal if you don't allow me to have a say if you don't allow me to be a parent then i can't be a parent in all of these other things as well and that means that you are accepting all of these things but it is much deeper than that it is beyond a petty kind of thing this is serious and she asked you to lie she asked you to commit fraud for her daughter not your daughter. She made that very clear. You don't get to say about anything. You do get to take the fall, though. You do get to go to jail for her. You just don't, uh, you don't get to say in anything. I think we're here. I really appreciate how OP started this process, but he fell off the wagon whenever he started taking petty action. And here's the other part of the petty action problem. He punished the other kids. During this petty game, he punished the other kids and they're going to be walking away from those petty actions thinking that he doesn't care about them, thinking he cares less about them. You cannot punish them. They didn't do anything wrong. If this does head for a separation, yeah, there's there's a big problem here. And you're right. Yeah, Michelle, he's an ATM and a chauffeur and a nanny and a lot of things, but not allowed to be a parent. And that sucks. But you can't take petty actions to address a serious issue. You cannot punish all of the kids when it's an issue with your spouse and with one kid. It's not the done thing. It's, it's not going to yield the result that you want here. It's just escalating. This is just escalating drama. Illustrating the severity of the issue to your spouse is probably the smart thing here. And taking this top comment seriously and saying, look, if she hits something out there and it's caught on camera, it's going to get traced back to me. I have no choice but to report this theft and this accident. I have no choice. I am not willing to go to jail for your child who is not being truthful, who is sneaking out, who had no problem stealing my car and whom you won't let me have any say about. Maybe mom's willing to go to jail for her. And he wasn't attacking this like with any kind of with any kind of outrageous claim or punishment either. He wasn't asking for anything crazy. It was fair. He approached this like a good parent would. And then and then his wife, you know, Grand Theft Auto's real mom, um she 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 didn't want the fair punishment. She wanted no punishment. And, you know, to lie. Started off really killer, fell off the wagon with the petty confetti and punishing all the kids and not taking it seriously. You need to take it seriously. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for asking my girlfriend to leave my apartment for a couple of days every month? I, 25 male, have been dating my girlfriend Eloise, 23 female, for a little over a year now. And we've been living together in my apartment for just under three months. At first, it was great. She instantly tidied up the place and generally made it a lot brighter. But for a couple of days every month, she becomes absolutely awful. Eloise has endometriosis, which, as I understand it, is a condition which makes the tissue in your uterus weaker or something. 
Anyways, basically, when she's on her period, all the things that normally suck about it are like 10 times worse. Or at least that's how she's explained it to me. Some of the things that she does on her period are she uses my bathtub a lot to help her with her cramps, and though she always cleans up after herself, it's a little uncomfortable knowing she was just bleeding in it. She tends to throw up a lot on her period, which makes my job, I work from home, really difficult because they can hear her in the next room over while I'm on Zoom calls. And guys, I cannot describe to you the smell. I bought her air spray to use after she uses the bathroom on her period and she has gotten better about it, but still. Also, she's really lazy while she's on her period. Like sometimes she won't move for an entire day just laying on the couch. Basically, it's become increasingly annoying for me to live with her during the usually five days or so when she's on her period. Her period is coming up and I decided I really couldn't stand the thought of having to deal with it all week. So the other day, I very politely asked her if she would be open to staying at a hotel while she was on her period so that I could get more work done and have warm water and so on. I told her I would pay for it, of course, and help her pack, but she just looked at me kind of shocked. She said she needed to think about it. So I left her alone for the rest of the day. I figured she wanted to make sure there were good hotels around or something, but at dinner, she surprised me by saying she didn't want to leave for a week each month and that if I didn't want her there when she wasn't feeling well, then maybe we shouldn't live together. I told her she was being ridiculous and that this was no reason to ruin our relationship. But all of our friends are saying I'm the asshole. If everyone says I'm in the wrong, I'll apologize. But right now, it seems like we either break up or I have to deal with this until we do. So I'm kind of in an unwinnable situation. <laughs> uh, did he give us the age here? He's 25 and she's 23. I feel like at 25, you should have learned enough to develop some understanding, right? Hold on. Top comment. Newsflash, endometriosis can be debilitating. So this guy seriously thinks she's overreacting and making his life difficult because she's obviously being dramatic in his mind. Oh no, she takes a bath in his bathtub. I hope she leaves him and that no other woman touches him with a shitty stick. What a misogynistic piece of trash. Ah, uh, okay, we'll go ahead and do this immediately. Here's the deal, brozo. It's a package deal, man. Put yourself in her shoes for a minute. Like, I, I have no... I have no right to to make any comments about what people should do while they're on their period or how they should behave or, or anything because I don't understand. I have not been through it, right? Like, I, I have no right to make that statement. Neither does he. But it gets worse because, because he asks her to leave during those times. No, bro, legit, this, this is how it was done in, like, medieval times, right? Like, if you were bleeding, they would send you out with the lepers on the outside of the of the village. Like that's what he wants to happen. He wants he wants her to just leave while she's on her period because she goes through hell and it's an inconvenience to him. Okay, bro. Look, here's the deal. When you love someone, like truly, actually love them, you have to love a hundred percent of them. And when she's going through hell, when the person you love is going through hell, empathy is a huge deal. Sympathy is a huge deal. Being able to say, like, what can I do to make this easier for you? Is there something, is there anything that I can do to make, I don't understand it. So, so what can I do to make this easier for you? What can I do to make you more comfortable? I, I understand that this sucks. I see that you're in pain. I see that it's a terrible time you're going through. What can I do to make it easier? Instead, Brozo is like, you going through hell is an inconvenience to me. 
Would you mind leaving, going to a hotel room, a place that's not going to be comfortable to you at all because it's a completely different environment where you can't just chill and relax and just suffer through what you need to suffer through here. I want you to be more uncomfortable while you're entirely, uniquely, incredibly uncomfortable in the first place. Like Brozo's going in and taking a bubble bath after she uses the bath anyway. Like what? So he's standing in the shower and it's like his feet like can't can't deal with the fact that someone took a bath in there and there might have been some blood. The sound of her puking in the other room is there's a mute button when you're on a Zoom call. If there's noise in the background that you need to you just mute it. And I guarantee you, 75% of the time he's muted anyway. And the smell thing, the unfortunate truth about falling in love is that you're going to fall in love with a human and those humans have bodily functions and you can either love them for it. Love them a hundred percent of them, or you can love 90% of them and just choose to try to ignore this 10% like this guy does. Here's the deal though. It's a package deal. Like he's essentially saying, um, yeah, I don't want that part. And she's going to say, bye, bye. I would be shocked if this guy found someone who he wasn't inconvenienced by in some way. Just the just the level of inconvenience that he's feeling by their pain. Like he's going to be inconvenienced by anybody he ever finds. This is just being a shitty human being. All of our friends are saying I'm the asshole. And if everyone says I'm in the wrong, I'll apologize. So every time you have you have a disagreement, you're going to have to go to Reddit or like take a poll of 100 people. To make sure that if everyone agrees, you will apologize every time. This is not how relationships work, man. It's two people. And she already gave her opinion on here. And he just, he gave her, that's just further evidence that he doesn't, he doesn't respect her at all because he didn't respect her opinion on it at all. He had to get more opinions from outside people. And those, if, if it's unanimous, he'll listen to Dick. Sorry, that was loud. Ask on one Brozo. Another one. It's like DJ Khaled up in here. Another one. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is Am I the Astronaut for telling my wife it is time she went back to work? My wife has been out of work since 2018. She had a mental breakdown during her fifth year of teaching. She has been going to therapy since, and we started marriage counseling during COVID. Reason for marriage counseling was because she thought I was pushing her too hard to get back to work before her and her therapist thought she was ready. I tried to explain many times that was not my intent, but realistically speaking, for me to keep up with expenses and retirement contributions, I pretty much have to take on extra shifts with sometimes clock in over 18 hours a day, and on average, I've been pulling 84-hour weeks. I've been doing this since she stopped working. We recently had a fight because I had an extremely rough week and had the conversation again about her going back to work. She opened up with the same line she always does. We do not feel it is the right time yet. She feels I have made great progress and if I rush it, I run the risk of losing it. We being her and her therapist. I told her I really don't give an F what her therapist has to say. I'm sick of you hiding behind her words whenever this topic comes up. She started to cry, telling me she doesn't like being this way either and that I'm belittling her due to suffering from mental health issues. I replied saying I don't intend to belittle you or not take your issues seriously. The problem is I am running my 
myself ragged and what happens if I have a mental break? Do you think I will have the luxury of not working? No, I will have to push through my demons. She said her therapist warned her this would happen sooner or later. I would try to manipulate her into doing something she was not ready to do. This is when I really lost it and just let it all out. I did not say anything kind. I told her she insults me for thinking what I'm doing is manipulation. I told her I am working these extra shifts so that she can come home and bullshit playing games. I told her this entire time you have not even made an effort to improve on certain skills. I told her she can still not cook to save her life and that I was sick of coming home after 12 or 18 hour days just to make us dinner because her idea of making dinner is pretty much a pre-made in the oven or ordering out. Among other things, she stormed out of the house crying, yelling, and shouting how I am a piece of shit and I'd rather see myself comfortable versus her getting better. So here I am. I do not feel at the core I am wrong and while what I said was harsh I think it did have to be said so reddit was I the arsehole here hey I appreciate the replies going to leave a quick update here to answer and clarify what I can I apologize if I miss something thanks nonetheless yes I have been to a couple of sessions with my wife and her therapist to be honest it largely felt like I was getting ganged up on my wife brought up how I was always tired so I explained I am working harder to maintain our home when I suggested part-time work would allow me to work less their counter suggestion was to cut things like saving for retirement and hold off on paying off debt and tackle such things after my wife gets better. Then I suggested renting out the house to cover the mortgage and we downsized to an apartment. Her therapist said such a drastic change to her environment could have a negative impact on her depression and advises against such major life-changing events. During another session, she brought up how my suggesting she tries cooking is to save us money so we do not order so much. She felt insulted because in terms of money coming in, I am making slightly more than our combined income and she was able to cover her expenses so she does not understand why we are having such a hard time. I was honest. It has less to do with money per se and more to do with the fact the amount of hours I have to work to maintain the income. I told her I pretty much am working two full-time jobs. The cooking or doing other things around the house dropped fairly quickly and became a critic on how I cannot manage money since I'm making more. Yet I never had issues when she was working with how she spent. More or less, every session became what I could do to help my wife and I get it. Her therapist has to look out for my wife and generally my concerns are small compared to my wife's. My wife is not a huge fan of our marriage counselor because she offers suggestions that go against her therapist. My friend has also suggested I speak with a lawyer to see exactly what my options are. After reading many of the comments and thinking back on everything, I think I'm going to do that. I love my wife and I know she is sick, but I am no good to anyone if I keep up this pace. There's another edit here. Final edit. Thank you so much for the replies and advice. It was a slow morning and I only had one field call, so I was looking over the thread with a colleague and close friend. After talking, I have decided to put in a request for two weeks vacation. During that time, I'm going to relax with my friends, play some Baldur's Gate 3, and also get my shit together going to speak with a lawyer and see what my options are because I was young and dumb and much of her debt is mine because I co-signed and have a joint account. I will go to the doctor for the first time in four years and see if everything is still working as it should. During this time, my friend said I could crash at their place, so I'm going to take him up on that offer. This will be my final post here, though. Going over this, I made this post for all the wrong reasons. This is something that should not have been posted publicly, and I was petty for that. Even so, I thank everyone because a lot of what was said was what I needed to hear. I do not have much in terms of a family. Both of my parents passed. Thanks for the tough love. Something has to change, and if my wife is unable to do it, I have to do it. I am young. I should be enjoying my life. I am not even 30 yet, as my friend said. I aged so much in the last five years. It is scary. My friend showed me pictures from before all this happened. I want to go back to the person I was then. I agree. I was the asshole for what I said, but I do not regret it. It was a wake-up call that I needed. 
Okay, top comment here. NTA, you sound like you are almost at the end of your tether. 12 to 18 hour workdays are not sustainable for you, and it sounds like she is doing F all around the house. Certainly, she's not cooking. Therapy or not, for the past five years, she basically lived a lifestyle where she gets to relax as much as she wants, and it's all subsidized by you. You have my sympathy for that. But let's be clear what your options are here. You cannot force her to work, either in the paid workforce or keeping house for you. You can ask, but you cannot force her. All you can do is decide whether you're prepared to live with someone who does not pull their weight in this relationship. If you decide you cannot, then tell her that. Not as a threat, not as an ultimatum, simply stating a fact. And find yourself a lawyer. Find a find a lawyer first before telling her here's here's the deal though i know nothing about like the the mechanics of therapy i know nothing about about the ethics of therapy i know nothing about best practices when it comes to direction but i would think that a therapist would be looking at the situation saying i'm recognizing the fact that she's going to run her spouse into the ground and he spoke up and was saying this he's been waving this flag crying for help this whole time saying look i am all for you getting better here's the problem i'm gonna be dead before you get better because I am just working myself to death right now to try to cover the expense side of things. And any therapist that is like, let's just hold off on making contributions to retirement. Let's hold off on paying off debt so we can we can just give more time here to to heal. I'm like, whoa, hold on now. That doesn't seem like an educated suggestion. I'm weary of this. And again, that could that could have been the right thing to suggest for her. I don't effing know. But seeing the situation through OP's eyes here, I'd be like, what? I mean, this is not sustainable. And to look at this whole situation as a therapist at, at what's sustainable, what's the end goal, like what is the next step here? There has to be that conversation to say, what is sustainable? How long is your partner going to be able to do this? Not only physically, not only like mentally and physically are they going to run themselves into the ground, but how much of this can they stand before they fall out of love with you, which is an important conversation to have. Also, the conversation has to be with as a therapist with the patient what would you do if he left what would you do if you didn't have someone to subsidize this for you you didn't have someone to fund giving you time to heal here what would you do if you had no choice but to go back what would you do we need to be ready for that because that's what's coming they put 100% of the weight on him. And I don't doubt that she had some serious issues to work through. I do not doubt that at all. And I do not discount that at all. However, putting 100% of the load on someone else's back and then ignoring the cries for help when that person has been carrying that load for so long that they're starting to buckle is not cool. And I understand his frustration. Like I, I can see it and you can hear it coming through. And yes, some of the things that he's pointing out, he doesn't he doesn't understand how to communicate what he wants to communicate in the beginning of the story, probably because he's mentally and physically fried from working 84 hours a week every stinking week trying to keep their their finances afloat trying just trying and then going to a therapy session and trying to put words together and not f up and say anything stupid of course he's at the end of his tether here he's at the end of his rope of course he's he's saying things that he shouldn't be saying because he hasn't had enough rest to be able to process what he really wants to say and put words together of course but there is this clarity at the very end here where he comes back and he's like i've had some time to think i've had some time to talk i know where i am now i know i i recognize what's going on now the problem that i have here is that 
like like the um, like the top comment suggested and said you need to have this conversation with her and let her know what the inevitable action is here and not not as a threat again it's just a hey i cannot sustain this and here here's what's going to happen either i'm going to end up getting burnt out and having to take time off and then we're going to be stuck with no income at all or i'm going to realize that the only reason i'm having to run double is because you won't run at all and uh, it's going to make me resent you we're going to fall out of love we're going to separate and then i'm going to work a normal job and you're going to have to figure things out on your own it's not a threat it is a these are the paths that lay before you which way do you want to go i think that conversation having that conversation civilly earlier would have been smart but it sure seems like anything that opposes this narrow field of view that her therapist has set up for her is going to be immediately rejected and that sucks Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. This one is actually from Off My Chest, and it is titled, Today, My Wife Met My Girlfriend. Start right there. I, 32 male, am a widow. My wife passed away from pancreatic cancer five years ago. She was forced to leave behind our two kids, R, 10 male, and H, 7 male. My wife was the absolute light of my life. We were high school sweethearts, went to the same college, and got married after graduation. We were inseparable. Every day, I fell more in love with her. It was like my heart was living outside my body. When she passed, the amount of pain I was in is indescribable. I prayed to go to sleep and not wake up just so I could see her one last time. I contemplated meeting her, but every time I was ready, my kids would look at me. They had her face, her personality, her DNA. I couldn't leave them. They were all I had left of her. It took years before I was able to function normally again. I even quit my job and lived off of savings and her life insurance for about a year. I was half the dad I used to be and only a fraction of my former self. Two years after her passing, I decided enough was enough and I kicked myself into gear. I found a job in a different city closer to my parents. I packed my kids up and I moved. Life was hard, but I kept chugging along and eventually I found some joy. A year after moving, I took a business trip to New York where I met my current girlfriend, Elle. While I acknowledged there was a chemistry, I told her I was already married and she understood. However, a few months later, I had to go back to New York where we met up again. I let my guard down for the first time around her. Before I knew it, she was putting in a transfer for my home branch and moving to my city. I fell in love with her and asked her out a year ago next month. My kids adore her, and though she reminded them she will never take their mom's place, they lovingly call her Mama L. Today was the anniversary of my wife's passing, an extremely hard day for all of us. This morning, I walked into the living room to find L and my kids waiting for me. The kids were dressed in their church clothes with goofy smiles on their faces and bouquets in hand. Apparently, Elle came up with the idea of a picnic at my wife's grave, an idea that the boys loved as they enjoyed going to see their mom. While I was sleeping, they prepared food and flowers. They insisted on wearing their best clothes. I'll admit that I cried at the sight of them. I don't know how I got this lucky twice in a row. I wanted my wife to meet this amazing woman, so I asked Elle to come along, and she did. The day that I dread every year turned out to be a humbling reminder of the reason why I stayed on this planet. To my lovely wife, you can never be replaced, but she is good to me, and she takes care of our kids like you would. Thank you for sending her to me. This is not at all what I thought it was. This is amazing. 
how cool is this? You know, here, here I was thinking this was going to be some kind of terrible drama because the title made it sound like it was going to be. And it ends up being this wholesome, heartwarming, like restore your faith in humanity after hearing all of these stories about assholes and people in shit positions and people just up against it and people making poor choices and people choosing selfishness after hearing everything that we hear going through these stories. Seeing something like this is enough to give you hope and to think, wow, there is there is still a chance for the world. There is still a chance for humanity. This is uh, this is awesome. This is amazing. And and, you know, of course, no one ever wants to have to face anything like this. But like OP said here, I mean, the the pain that he felt whenever he lost the person that he loved the most had him ready to to end it. And the only thing that prevented that from happening was, was his kids. And obviously there's going to be that dark time that he regrets forever about being a fraction of the dad that he could have been. And and I can't imagine, I can't imagine going through that, but to get to the other side and to be like, yes, this is what it was all for. It all makes sense. Now this is, this is the best thing that could have happened for everyone involved is amazing. That's amazing. Past the tissues. Oh man. It's uh yeah, we, we don't, we don't see like these, these pure, just pure goodness come through in stories often, but this was it. I take back those red flags in the beginning. This was all, this was all light. Love every second of it. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the Askonauts today. Thanks again.